0: This is Central Texas Living with Ann Harder.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Ann Harder. Welcome to Central Texas Living, the podcast. With a firm belief we all need to catch our breath and learn to exhale, my guest, Sophia Strother, has a focus on breaking the cycle of domestic abuse and sexual assault. Sophia founded Learning to Exhale Restoration Strategies, LLC. She's authored, Sophia, I'm Back?, and Taking My Life Back, a nine-week workbook. And she's also creator of the documentary reality series and radio podcast, Our Journey Alive, that follows the lives of survivors of abuse. Sophia, it is wonderful to have you here. Thank
0: you so much, Anne. It's a pleasure to see you again.
1: I know, I know, yeah, to you know, it, we're kind of like a butterfly coming out of a chrysalis, you know, we're just sort <laughs> exactly. of coming back to life. Exactly. I have talked to you many times on mm. Central Texas Living. I don't know how many times on the TV show. Yes. You came and guessed Yes, for it.
0: Juneteenth Family Fun Day, various different things that we would do in the community.
1: All those great things. And uh, you contacted me about some uh, very special uh, effort that you're doing now. And that has to do with the COVID vaccine. So let's talk about that first. But but I really have never had the chance to hear your story. And I want us to really hear, you know, about your life walk and, and how that has become your life's work.
0: Yes, Anne. And I appreciate you allowing me to share that story. That's something I'm very passionate about now is making sure that that story is told um, and also visible. And so a lot of what I do and what I've been dedicated in the last um, probably 25 years, I can't believe old enough to say that. That's scary. Oh my gosh, 25 years. But unfortunately, um, I succumbed to uh, child sexual assault by the hands of my father at the age of nine um, that started a habitual cycle of abuse um, that lasted for about two and a half years. And then unfortunately, he passed away um, when I was 13. He was 39 in a horrific car accident uh, in Springfield, Massachusetts, where I'm originally from. And then unfortunately, my mother just could not cope. Um, And she took a road of drug addiction. Um, On the East Coast, unfortunately, the streets were ravaged in uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, where I'm from, with crack. Um, it's almost on the level of what a meth and heroin has turned into now um, an uh, opioid uh, epidemic. It's almost like recycling itself now unfortunately and unfortunately in, in that addiction she made some decisions to utilize me as a means to secure drugs and so I actually entered into a life of familiar trafficking which is another um, form of human trafficking so from the ages of about 12 and a half to about 15 um, we had really located here to texas this is where i got introduced to marlin and waco texas um in those ages and that's where the abuse primarily took place in marlin um in waco uh in the early 90s um Unfortunately, um, I had became pregnant by one of her uh, drug dealers um, at the age of 14, Um, had my son um, at 15. I was a junior in high school um, at Marlin High School at the time. And um, it actually was the breaking point for me to say I need to get away from my mother. Um, If not, I would turn into, I said I'd either be a prostitute or I'd be dead. That's something that I actually quoted in my book, Um, Sophia, I'm Back. And I reached out to my grandmother who was still in Massachusetts and I said, Nana, you got to come. You got to get us out of here. And so on October 21st, 1995, myself and my three-month-old child left my mother and left Marlin, Texas, went back to Springfield, Massachusetts. And I was back and forth. I couldn't shake Texas. Uh, It was just something about it to where literally... Um, For high school, I'm in three different yearbooks, Marlin High, Waco High School and then Springfield uh, Commerce High School. But I ultimately ended up graduating at 17 from Waco High School, um, proudly with my son there watching me and then went off to college at the age of 17, got my bachelor's degree in business management, my master's in marketing and founded Trustworthy Consulting, which is a consulting company where I've been doing um, tax preparations, helping ministries to become 501c3s, helping me with events, which also kind of led to forming Empowerment Driven by Knowledge Coalition in 2008 um, while I was in Texas. And from there really burst a passion in me to do events, to bring in social change. A lot of times, Individuals won't come out to something that's like health driven, but if I make it a concert and I have health entities there, then they'll get the information. Thus, the co-founding of Juneteenth Family Fun Day in Waco in 2011. And that really has been a true labor of love between myself and 94.5 The Beat. We have partnered with that every year since its inception. We're ecstatic that we're going to be able to do it again um, this year on June 19th at Brazos Park East. That's kind of been our home now uh, since 2012. And so it, it's been just where once I finally broke free from feeling like currency, um, I talked on the steps of the Capitol, uh, in 2019 and, and I, I really spoke to the fact that I literally was re-identified as currency. And so for so many years, I couldn't see myself beyond a transaction. And it literally wasn't until my mid thirties that I had to come to, to grips that I wasn't truly healed internally. I could go out and speak I was always doing things for American Heart Association. We've even worked together. You even hosted one of our Go Red for Women luncheons mm-hmm. at Baylor. So I've always been very prominent in trying to fix everyone else until I had to realize I really hadn't taken the time to fix me. And so that journey from about 36 to 40 was all about what does Sophia truly have a passion for? How can I be healed? Um, how can my voice truly stand? And how can, as a woman of color, can I be seen in that light? And I realize, especially in Texas, there's really only two prominent African-American women that are on kind of, I say, the circuit, working alongside the governor's office. Uh, I work alongside their child um child trafficking a coalition where they're trying to eliminate child sex trafficking completely there's only two and so like how can I continue to be a positive voice because I want survivors to be able to see that you can not only survive but truly thrive you can finish school you can start your own business you can purchase a home i'll actually be featured on hgtv um next month where they walked um an episode with me of purchasing my first um newly built home really yes and i just which, really which show is it <laughs> it's called 40 year old property virgin <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love it? There used to be, for like 18 seasons, there was a show called Property Virgins, yeah, where it right. was their first their time. Their first purchase, yeah. So this one focused on, which is the trend, that a lot of times more adults are waiting till later in life. Yeah, whether well, they got
1: school debt. I, mean. I was just going to say, school loans. <laughs> yeah. Or
0: they're just really more focused on career, and then they'll get to the homes. Mm-hmm. Even though technically it's not my first home that I've ever purchased. You mm-hmm. know how television is great on well, that. Well, yeah. But it's my first new home. Like everything in the past was real resale homes. Mm-hmm. um, But this is my first new home. But the reason I agreed to do the show was because if they allowed the fact that I was a survivor to be a part of the, the plot. Yeah. That would then maybe show other survivors out there, you can do that too. That was the whole reason I wanted them to follow. So even this new venture that I have coming to Waco with the medical clinic, with the vaccinations, was about... I've been hearing, it's between media, CDC, about black and brown communities and rural communities not having equal access to the vaccine, primarily because there might not be as much hospitals or clinics or pharmacies in those particular communities. And there's some distrust, if we're just being real. There's a lot of distrust with government and those communities dating all the way back to Tuskegee, Experiment, and yeah. other things. So how can I, as one that's been vaccinated, um, help cut down some of the misinformation heal some of this historical mistrust wouldn't it be great if a black owned medical clinic were to engage completely in a black and brown community and be able to offer those resources which vaccinations are free Um, and so that's what kind of birthed Meraki Medical Associates which Meraki stands in Greek for putting all of yourself into something doing it with love and compassion which that's what I've strived to do. And so this is where we partnered with a local ministry, Living Word Church of God in Christ on Dunbar. And they had a house right next to their main facility, 1001 Dunbar, that was used to just do meals on wheels and a food pantry. For literally over 20 years, the the house was only used to be able to do their meals on wheels program and food pantry. And I remember calling um, Pastor Gillum and I'm saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be doing this medical clinic. Uh, I'm thinking I got... You know, there's a, a vacant bank that was would allow me to do it in Houston. Um, I've gotten offers to do it in Dallas. Um, you know, in Austin. And he was like, "But well, why not wake up? <laughs> why like, not? Yeah." <laughs> he says, "You've already done so much. You know, you've graduated from Wake High. Wouldn't it be great if you could come back and do just another layer of work that you've already done?" people know that you have a heart truly, like the reputation would speak. Oh, Sophia's doing it. Okay, yeah, it's legitimate. She exactly. cares. Um, and so he gave us the ability to come in and completely renovate their Meals on Wheels house to start a vaccination clinic that will also go mobile. So we're in the process of also trying to acquire um, a, a mobile RV so that we can wrap it in. If it's a rural community, we can go right into there and do vaccination clinics. If there's ministries that want to host a vaccination day at their ministry or other um, nonprofit organizations um, or even some senior citizens that can't get out they're not able to get to the clinics and or to the doctors they're not in nursing homes but they still need to be vaccinated or want to be vaccinated we'll be able to take it to them and so that's kind of how you have my childhood of hurt and taking that pain and making it purpose and now we're here to meraki medical associates and that's so exciting. Do you have a target date when it'll open? Yes. Yeah, so our target date is June 1st. Um, we want to be able to do our first mass uh, vaccination clinic at Juneteenth Family Fun Day this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, however, people will be able to register as of June 1st to be able to get the vaccination. And we'll primarily we'll get their first one and then have their second and one. And then have June their date. second yeah. one. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so. Again, we're just excited that we can just help eliminate one barrier um, so that those communities can feel safe and comfortable. But it's not just for them. Obviously, we're going to be doing it for everyone. But we wanted to have a targeted message that we care. We hear you. But. The COVID-19 vaccine is going to almost be like the flu shot, like where it's something you get annually as a means for different variants. There'll be different strands and it'll it'll be something that I hate to say is normalized, but it is. And Mm -hmm. so why not start now with protecting yourself and your family and having that peace of mind, knowing that the majority of those that have actually passed away once they've uh, contracted COVID-19, are those of color, and so because you know those statistics, let's take just one step closer to having some peace of mind to help eliminate either contracting it altogether, or at least at least lessening um, the side effects that come along with having um, COVID nineteen, and that's basically our goal. Well, you also
1: provide other medical type help besides.
0: COVID no vaccines is just no, gonna be just COVID. covid vaccines in the beginning so our goal is that we really want to target and focus through the summer is mm-hmm. of, of trying to get as many individuals vaccinated obviously we're not near the herd immunity yet but the more that we can work on the educational piece of it like let's educate let, let's tell you the truth and not the media campaigns or some of the propaganda that's out there or holding on to the past we really want to make history history and move forward and kind of starting to trust again that these things can be safe all things come with side effects even the regular tylenol that oh, you take oh yeah has yeah. a side effect so the flu shot i <laughs> mean can, everything yeah. has that right. but the overall good outweighs any of those side effects
1: mm-hmm. um i'm going to go back a little bit To your um, work with uh, Coach Carter, Mm -hmm. had a chance to have him on the show as well. And I love this. He he told you to tell your story all the time, even if people don't want to hear it. (laughs) Tell your story all the time. What is it you think people do not understand about sexual assault and sexual abuse and domestic abuse?
0: I think what people take for granted when dealing with survivors is that we should have gotten over it. Like when I say that my abuse started at nine and pretty much through until I got out about uh, to 15 years old was the the bulk of it. I since have been in domestic violence relationships as a result of that upbringing of not having the self-esteem and not thinking that I was valued enough. To where I even said up until my mid thirties, I was still looking at myself as currency. I still did not feel I had the value to be loved unconditionally, to be loved without verbal abuse um, being involved or financial abuse being involved. And so it literally is an everyday journey for survivors. I have to dedicate my mindset every day, Sophia, today's going to be a good day. Um, If something triggers, which we have triggers, if something triggers me, I have to purposely say, "Okay, I'm not going to allow that to defeat the overall purpose. I don't want to stay in the stupor. It's constantly a lifelong journey. And so sometimes people don't have the patience um, to understand what sexual assault can mentally do because you don't see it. You don't see. I don't wear, you know, a thing on my forehead that says I've been abused. Honestly,
1: when I was reading about it, as long as I've known you, I really didn't know this part of mm-hmm. your story. Yeah.
0: And I, and I tried to make it to where my life could speak for the victory of it. Yeah. The victory over it, I should say. Right. Um, when I had an opportunity to tell my story, I told it. Everybody doesn't receive the story, they might think you're looking for pity, but no, I feel my story needs to be told because it's not told enough, especially from women of color. And um, I actually have an article on my website I wrote for the Texas Tribune about two years ago, Invisible yes. in Plain Sight. I
1: wanted to ask you about that because, well, well, first of all, your your grandmother, you were concerned about your grandmother because yeah. it was her child that was the yes. one that was abusing you. Yes. And, that and, was and so families didn't talk. I mean, it was mm-hmm. in a time people didn't talk about it. Now, we're talking more about it, and hopefully more, you know, victims will feel the freedom to come forward.
0: Yes, and it's it's difficult because, you know, even with the article I wrote in Texas Tribune-Herald, Invisible in Plain Sight, it dealt with the fact that there's a museum in Houston called mm-hmm. um, Elijah Rising. It's by Elijah Rising. It's Modern Day Slavery Museum, and it basically— takes you through a journey of different facets of human trafficking. So they have a room dedicated to the Asian slave trade, which they primarily um, uh, dedicate to um, Asians in in massage parlors. Then they have Latino in brothels. And then they talk about the white slave trade that um, started in London and how the Salvation Army got started. Um, And then it talks even about Japanese culture and all of these. The geisha, all that all All of that. And there wasn't a room for African-Americans. And, and I, that was you. I mean, that's that was, what you had lived. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was actually really excited. I just got finished speaking at the human trafficking conference. The first one that the state of Texas put on um, that August. And it was me and two other survivors um that are not african-american that came with me we were all excited to go yeah to just to like tour this course. our story oh my gosh how are so we're all going through it and by the time we got through the executive director comes up and she's just ecstatic yeah, that, yeah. to have survivors there uh and i look at one um one very good friend of mine tony mckinley she does a lot of uh work on the state level too and, and we're both looking watery eyed like is there another room? Like, did are we, we missing something? something. Yeah, yeah. And she comes and, and she asks me, she's like, what did you think? And I literally had to stop in that moment. Do I just smile and nod and say, oh, this is nice? Yeah. Or do I speak my truth? Like, I don't see my story. And I literally, and I said it very calmly. I said, I'm just concerned. I don't see my story. And she points to shackles that were in the corner. Oh, the regular slave. Yes. Right. But it was just shackles. It wasn't a room. It wasn't, like dedicated to the most egregious form of human trafficking in American history was the transatlantic slave trade. Sure. And there was not a room dedicated. And I was like, that seems so odd. And she was like, well, we just didn't have time. We don't have room, <laughs> have room for it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, how do you now have room? And literally she was very upset with me that I even questioned
1: Yeah. She took a defensive
0: life. Oh my gosh. And then she started crying because of course now she's the victim because I'm questioning the fact that she didn't want to acknowledge us. And it took for one of the other survivors to say, listen, like we're just saying like there should be a room. And I wrote this article because it forever changed my life. We walked out of there and we cried all three of us. We couldn't even get in our cars and drive for about an hour and a half. I get emotional thinking about it because it was like, here we go again. Like, even in surviving that, I'm still not seen. And that's such a difficult place to be in, um, to still not be seen, even in the trauma that you've endured. And it took my, the two um, survivor sisters that I was with to say, that's the first time we've ever encountered what it's like to be you. And I actually said, I'm so glad I had a witness. Because it could have easily been, oh, here's another person talking about the injustice and the raising, you know, all and all and all. But no, you got to encounter. And that's what made me say, I have to be more visible with my story. Because just think how many others that are like me that are just looking for them to be talking about how they survived it, how they got out of it. And not only just get out, but thrive. And that's why you said even today you didn't know my story because I wanted the thriving to be what I'm known for, sure, you know? Yeah. Right, but right. now you appreciate my story more to say Sophia, you've yeah, been through, you were that? through that. Yeah. And so that's the reason why even with this mm-hmm. medical clinic, um, I actually have a company called L2E Industries where we have a contract with Amazon and we deliver packages. So the blue fleet vans that you see with the smile, I have mm-hmm. a fleet of those in Austin. And I actually purposely forfeited any income for the first four months so that I could dedicate it to opening this clinic because I was just that passionate that – I wanted to deliver it forward. I Mm -hmm. wanted it to be a place where I've been granted this wonderful opportunity to do this. What can I do with that outside of just, yes, it's great to be an employer. I was able to employ excuse me, over 50 or 60 people during COVID, which I was really excited to be able to do that in that time. But what else can I do? And this was the what else, because I just kept hearing, People didn't want to take it because of the history. People didn't have access. And so, like, how can I be a small fraction of that? And this is how I can be a small fraction of that. Do
1: you see this maybe growing and going to
0: Dallas and Houston?
1: And other Definitely. Places?
0: So the goal is, you know, the primary goal I wanted was it for it to be a mobile clinic. Like, mm-hmm. I really wanted it to be where we can pack you can up just go, yeah. and go. Yeah. But I wanted a headquarters. You got to have a headquarters. And I wanted my headquarters to be a place that I have ties in that Even as a Waco Lion, because even outside of that, I'm a graduate of Waco High School that has now been able to say, you know, we we started something that's a staple with Juneteenth Family Fund Day. And now here's another high school graduate of Waco High that is forming a medical clinic, a vaccination clinic to help the community. So I'm a product of Waco, you know, even though I was born somewhere else, I came here. I'm a product of that. And so I feel even more indebted to come back and still be able to sew back into a community that sold into me. Mm-hmm. So
1: in Houston, this uh, this museum, how did they fix it?
0: They didn't. What? It's not fixed. <laughs> Actually, it's funny because she told me, well, I'll take your card and maybe when we go to revamp the museum in two years, we'll call you. There's Cr- been no crickets. Tri- yeah, oh my and gosh. and I actually I was almost um, somebody told me well you should write the board and let them know. And yes, I, said, I should, but the way that I was able to kind of heal through that was the the Texas Tribune yeah. article. Oh yeah,
1: it was great article. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it was a way for me to express myself. Mm-hmm. That would be even more far reaching than the board maybe or maybe not taking my suggestions. But it's also a clear call whenever corporations or organizations or businesses do things to truly look at what is that reflection in diversity, especially when you know that the majority of those affected aren't reflected in your work or what you're doing or even on your board. That's a problem.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. How can folks help you with this?
1: I mean, you've got, you've got an income stream, you got it, you got it together, <laughs> but, but I'm just in awe of everything you've done, Sophia, but, uh, I'm sure people may want to, you know, how can they kind of partner
0: with you? To- I would love the part, there's two phases. So, you know, one, we're opening up, right. And sure. getting the word out and helping us just, um, partner in, and sh- sharing a positive message for one, but two we really want to get this RV. Like my goal is that we can get this RV or this bus that we can wrap so that we can literally take this on the road and be able to go. So if I want to set up and go to certain parts of Mart or if I want to go up on the way to Dallas and stop in Waxahachie or other areas that may be affected, we can just, all our RNs, our LVNs, which we're in the process of hiring, got two on board. I need to get at least five more on board. But we can all be able to get on this and go and meet the need, Mm -hmm. wherever the need is in Texas, because we'll be able to serve Texas. And so Central Texas is my main priority. So really from Dallas, down into San Antonio. And San Antonio is not considered Central Texas, but that's off the I-35 corridor. Um, That is really our focus. But right now, building out of Waco, I want to get this RV. Like I made it a personal mission, like whatever I need to do. I used to fundraise for American Heart. I used to fundraise for TSTC. And now I'm fundraising for this vaccination clinic because it's very important. it's really important because everybody needs to be invested and vaccinations or the herd immunity because it affected, as we know, thousands of businesses. No, let me say that millions of businesses. Mm-hmm. It affected millions of people's homes and livelihood. COVID-19 stopped us dead in our tracks. No, and did. so we're wanting to help get ahead a of the curve in that to where if a variant comes, OK, we have enough herd immunity to where we can just do a booster shot yes, or something right. like that. But until we get more of the community buy in that is not an option.
1: Right, right. Well, I'd like to end these visits with a a little questionnaire Mm -hmm. similar to the one the uh, late, great James Lipton used on Inside the Actor's Studio. And we'll start off. What is your favorite
0: word? The first thing that came to me was bravery. And it's primarily because almost every facet of my life it took me being brave to do I'm getting emotional think but it. it took me bravery to come out and be transparent about a past that a lot of people people would have hit it i had to be brave to even try to hold people accountable for that and then to make the financial investments i've made in several different things that we've done in the community took bravery
1: yeah you're going to get me emotional now uh, what is your least favorite word
0: quitting <laughs> yeah i just that's not even in
1: your vocabulary. It's not. So
0: I try not to do it if I can help it.
1: What turns you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally?
0: I love the collaboration. I think even when it comes to spirituality, you know, even scripturally it talks about where there's two or more. Uh, everything is about partnership and collaboration and everything that you do, um, having you know, no matter what you believe in but i believe in jesus christ so you know having him with me um that's the collaboration but even all the things that i've done in community i can't do it alone we can't do anything per se alone um and so collaboration i just love partnering and coming up with something that's innovative and out the box and like let's go for it why not
1: what turns you off then creatively spiritually or emotionally
0: What turns me off are individuals that are very singular minded. Um, I've unfortunately had some community hurt with individuals that felt as though because I didn't do it their way or they weren't the lead, it wasn't enough. And it's actually kept me from trying to partner with them again, which is disappointing because you want to have all the partners. But I don't have time for like, the politics mm. of community mm-hmm. I just want to do we have too much to do for it to be ego driven so right. that's the turnoff for me
1: yeah what sound do you love the most
0: <laughs> I love laughter the sound of laughter is something that I just enjoy that there's a freedom in the laughter.
1: It's infectious too. Oh, it's
0: very infectious. Just like yawning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. So, but a smile can turn into a sound mm-hmm. um, that can then have you doing the same thing. So, yeah. yeah. What sound do you not like? I well, I don't know if that's a sound complaining, but uh the sound <laughs> yeah wee wee sound is, that Charlie Brown <laughs> <laughs> wah, 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 like that's the sound that I don't like <laughs> okay what other profession would you like to try? So there are two things that have always been like I'm totally passionate about. I want to be a, I want to be an Anthony Bordeaux. Like I I would love to have like a traveling cook show, getting into culture. You know, I have the personality to um, meet and greet anybody. Like I'm completely open in that regards, but I would love to have a show that could kind of have how I would embrace new cultures and food from my culture perspective. I don't get to see that often and I'd have a blast. Can you imagine? Like that would that's be your so much job <laughs> to like critique food, see culture, music just and just immerse
1: yourself in new
0: oh things. Oh my yeah. gosh. I just would just <laughs> yearn for that. Um, so that would be one for sure. Well, what profession do you know you would not want to do? Yeah, I saw a documentary on National Geographic about the sanitation workers underneath in New York City that do the sewer I give them like all props in the world. Every we needed but that was yeah. something like I could never do and I've been in New York lived in New York I could just ne- I couldn't even see myself doing it so I give them all the shout outs and kudos in the world
1: <laughs> well finally what do you want to hear God say when you arrive at
0: those pearly gates well done my good and faithful servant well done not I know you not but well done that those are the words that I think a lot of us yearn to strive for. We're not perfect, but he knows our heart, and so for me, just being a good person and trying to take care of many people as I can in my assignment—that's my goal. Sophia, you
1: are a joy, yeah. always to get to be with you and to to hear the new things that are happening. Do not be a stranger. <laughs> get I will in touch not. anytime. <laughs> and and again, so um, June first. Mm-hmm. People can they can they can
0: register. And so the two places, if you want to get more information or if you want to get in contact with me and learn how to partner or support um, Meraki Medical Associates um, and that's on Facebook. So it's at Meraki Medical Associates and Meraki is M-E-R-A-K-I Medical Associates. Or you can email us at the same Meraki Medical Associates at gmail.com or you can call 254-495-5556.
1: Very good. You are going on a road. Are you building a new business while managing a family? Are you tired of trying to balance home and work and everything seems to be coming up short? Then there's a podcast made just for you. Baking Your Business from Scratch is where we create the perfect recipe for building a successful business while managing your home and family with love. Come join us and see for yourself